It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You need to know what's happening. It's, 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 it's time to get in the huddle with Carl Duke, Brian Baldinger, and Jason LaConforta. Back for another edition of In the Huddle, guys. Carl Dukes, put him up, along with my man Brian Baldinger. Of course, Jason Lockham for a part of this podcast as well as we continue to break down all of the divisions and who will be the king of the AFC North. That's what we're discussing today. I think this has uh, the potential, Baldy, to be the best division in football. Now, when you look at the quarterbacks, right, Ravens with Lamar, Bengals with Joe Burrow, Browns with Deshaun Watson, and then you say, well, Kenny Pickett's on the rise. I just think this is going to be a test when these two teams or all these teams meet each other twice during the season. Oh, I agree, Carl. I mean, I, I, I've i got my first week of my training camp scheduled. It includes being in Latrobe, the Steelers' uh, summer camp, St. Vincent's College, on August 1st. I then am in Baltimore, August 2nd. And then I am in Cincinnati on August 4th. I'm going to see the AFC North. I'm not excluding Cleveland. I'm just not on the schedule yet. Sure, sure. But, but I mean, Lamar got paid. So we expect things from Lamar. Yeah, They've got a new offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin. They got a brand new wide receiving core. We expect big things from Baltimore. Um, you know, Cincinnati, they're knocking on the door. We know they are. Anybody that watched the Netflix quarterback show, Mahomes is like, you know, they're coming for us. You know, like it's, it's real. It's, Burrow and what they're doing in Cincinnati is real. I've been to Pittsburgh during OTAs, Carl. Like, I mean, that defensive front uh, is real. They built rebuilt their offensive line. We'll see how it comes together. But TJ and, you know, and Cam and the group up front, like they know how to get to the quarterback. It's, it is going to be – last year at this time, Carl, we were talking about the, the AFC West. It didn't deliver. Right. Right. Still Mahomes and everybody else. In Kansas City, and they and they delivered, but it was it wasn't the challenge we thought it was going to be. But I believe this is a lot different because I think these teams are all a lot more than just a quarterback. I agree, um, and I want to start with the Bengals because you know last year going into Buffalo and winning the way they did, you've talked about it, we've discussed it, the physicality of that game, how they just physically beat up Buffalo, right? Yes. yes. And I didn't think they were that team. I thought they were more of a finesse team because of the way Joe operates in the defense. And, and they've changed a few pieces on the defensive uh, side of the football. But, but what is the identity of this Bengals team? Because, Baldy, we know this. Once Joe Burrow got there, things changed, right? Like, they had the right coach in place. The coach got the quarterback. And then all of a sudden, everything else just kind of fell into place. They went from being a laughingstock to being a real contender immediately. And so what is the identity 
of this Bengals team? Is it what we saw in Buffalo where they can be physical? Or is this a we're throwing the ball vertically down the field and Joe Burrow's going to have 400 yards and three touchdowns every Sunday? Well, I think it's what you mentioned first, the physicality, because they beat Buffalo on both sides of the ball. In Buffalo, in Buffalo's weather, you know, in front of a starving crowd, and they shut them up. By the second quarter, they they shut 80,000 people at the Ralph up. Um, I, Lou Anarumo is a defense coordinator there. I mean, we, does we he get enough credit? Game. Does he get enough credit? No, he doesn't. Okay. He's very, he's very creative in what he does. Uh, they can keep you off balance with some of the pressures and the blitzes, blitzing Mike Hilton off the slot. You remember, got the ball out of Josh Allen's hands. Yep. Um, it was the execution of the blitz. Um, you know, they have been addressing the trenches. For three straight years in a row. This year they trade for Orlando Brown. Um, you know, I mean, we'll see what Zeus does at the left tackle, but it's a position of need. Uh, they've been drafting offensive linemen. They've been addressing it in free agency a year ago when they went out, you know, and they got Ted Karras and they got, you know, Alex Capra, you know, and Lyle Collins. You know, we'll see who starts, but it's been, okay, we got to get better up front there. But defensively, when you look at what DJ Reader has been, Trey Hendrickson, you know, you look at, uh, you know, uh, the, the whole group up front uh, and then what they have added, you know, uh, whether it's, you know, B.J. Hill via free agency a couple of years ago. I mean, they've got um, they've got dudes, man. They've got guys that can get there. Um, so, I, I, you know, and their, their two inside linebackers are as basically as good as there are. Logan Wilson is a great player. Uh, Jermaine Pratt is a guy. They, they drafted both those guys, I think, third-round picks. Uh, I, you know, they rebuilt their secondary this year, and they get their best cover corner back. Um, you know, so I feel like this is a team that can compete with anybody, anywhere, anytime. And, yes, we haven't talked about Joe Burrow and, and Jamar and, you know, T, you know, T Higgins in the group. But – and, and they're, they're, they're excellent, you know. So – I think what they want from their defense this year, honestly, is to take the ball away more, like just more takeaways. Everybody benefits by that, but you give Joe Burrow some short fields, okay, some extra at-bats, I mean, they're going to start putting up 30-plus a game if they could do that. Yeah, and they added, what, Miles Murphy in the draft, right? To, you talked about Hubbard and Hendrickson. Yes. Those guys can come off the edge. They get after the quarterback. I'm with you, Baldy, as far as the defense. I think they're improved. Let me ask you, is Chase and Burrow the best quarterback-wide receiver combo in the league? I know there's Jefferson and Cousins. We're watching quarterbacks. I know there's, you know, Josh and Steph. When I look at this, though, I, that's the first combo that comes to mind. Like, they have this connection. Well, I mean, you, you could say, okay, two years ago, you know, you had Stafford and you had Cooper Cup. And yes, was anybody better? And we have seen Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. But I feel if you say, okay, young quarterback, young wide receiver, grow together, stay together, it's the best. That they don't they don't have the best stats. I mean, Jamar doesn't have better stats than Justin Cooper Cup. He doesn't have but but when you say, okay, now they're going into their third year together. Like and and the and really the love, the chemistry, all that stuff that's there, it exists. You know, like Jamar came out and said. Nobody's better than Joe this year. All right. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what you hope your star wide receiver says about your quarterback. But they won the national championship at LSU. You know, like, they, you know, 
I don't know if they publicly say this. I don't, I'm not following everything. But you know that in the locker room, down the field, bro, we got one natty. Like, but the only thing better is, you know, to get a Lombardi. You know, they want to add that Lombardi to the, to the case. There's no doubt. And they have the mindset for it. They, they know, you know, you got to go to Buffalo. You got to go to Kansas City. You got to win. You got to go, you know, to SoFi in a Rams home stadium. You got to like, you got to find a way to win that game. They're that close. But, you know, you get a taste of it. You get a taste of it. All it does make you hungry, hungrier. We're talking about the AFC North, guys. It's in the huddle. Subscribe, like us, tell your friends, and uh, don't miss an episode, guys. When you subscribe, you get notified that we have dropped a new episode, and we are going to be amping things up as we get closer to camp. Watch us on YouTube as well, in the huddle pod. You can see all the episodes there as we talk about the AFC North today. Uh, As we talk about the Bengals, I just want to mention this last note, and then we're going to move on. Zach Taylor. Um, we talk about that coaching tree, right? Sean McVay, Taylor came from that. But I tell you what, he's been a pleasant surprise for me, Baldy. I, I, I wasn't quite sure. And I remember talking about this because every year we go through this coaching cycle, the hiring cycle. And when, it, and when the Bengals hired him, I said, I don't know about this. I think, you know, it was a 30-year-old guy, 35, whatever he was. I said, here we go. Everybody wants to get the Sean McVay model. Well, he's lived up to it. And I think he's got control of the locker room. I think guys respect him. I think he knows what he's doing. You don't see dumb clock mistakes week in and week out. Just the little things that make a head coach special. I think he's done a really good job there. I agree, Carl. And I uh, two years ago, um, Anthony Munoz announces the preseason games. Uh, tell about it for, for Bengal fans. So um, he came down with COVID. And th- like they, it just – went through some of the media. So they called, they ended up calling me. I was in Green Bay at a scrimmage, Jets and Packers scrimmage. And they called me, hey, can you do our game? We're, we're going to Washington this weekend. And, and if it may be another week if things don't clear up. I said, I'd love to. But I said, in order to do it, I really want to talk to Zach. They said, we, we, we can, you know, we can line that up for you. So I really wanted to get, you know, Zach's mindset. So anyways, I, I went back and I started watching some film from the year before. And I was just just update on the roster. I just wanted to eyeball things. And then they had played one other preseason game. So I was going to do their second, third preseason games. So I the first thing I noticed was how involved the team is. So offense on the field, Joe's out there leading the offense. The defense, like they're they're into it. Like they're cheering for the off, like it's back and forth. So I said to Zach, I said, Zach, just an observation, like maybe I see this thing wrong, but I see a really united team. I see guys really pulling for each other. I can see it on the sidelines. He just starts laughing. He goes, it's a good observation, Baldy. He goes, that's what we're building here. We're building a really united group. That starts with the head coach. Mm. It starts with ownership, you know, but really the head coach has got to be on top of that. You know, you got to weed guys out, talent, no talent. You know, you got to like get that conviction that feeling and i i remember like i i said that then i was down in the field joe burrow was coming back from that major knee injury he's got a brace on he wasn't playing but he was warming up so went up and said hello to joe and you could really feel they brought all these free agents in trey hendrickson mike hilton that year and they all hit they they hit gold on all these guys chitabe awutia uh, they hit gold on every free agent they brought dj reader i go through the list of them and 
they brought the right guys in. Well, everybody can go write checks in free agency. No, not always the right guy. Yeah, you know, it's not okay. Let's just go get Aaron Judge and put him in the middle of our lineup. <laughs> free agency, you know, it's not like that. And I just feel like Zach's really on top of that aspect of it. To your point, though, they look organized. They look well coached. Mm-hmm. They don't commit stupid penalties. There isn't like unnecessary time. Like they're, it's well coached. Lou Anarumo, the defense coordinator. Sharp as there is in his business, X's and O's. And, you know, he's like a modern – I'm not going to call him Dick LeBeau. There's, Dick LeBeau's got his – Legendary. Yeah, legendary. Yeah. I feel like, okay, Lou's got some of that Dick LeBeau in him. You know, just how to – the right call, the right time, the execution of the call. They got it going on, man. They're, they're the team everybody in that division is chasing right now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Well, they won it last year, and they are favorites to win it again this year coming into the season. All right, we're talking about the AFC North. Nobody team builds like the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I want you to think about this for a second. In the 70s, with the great Chuck Knoll, they had a guy named Dick Haley, who was the general manager. Yes. And they drafted incredibly. Go look at the 70s Steelers. Half the damn team is in the Hall of Fame, okay? So then you go from that to Tom Donahoe in the 90s. Yes. And you win us, you know, you're going to Super Bowls, you're competitive. The Steeler brand is not falling off one bit. Then you get to 2000 and they hire Kevin Colbert. And Kevin Colbert brings in Big Ben. He's a part of hiring, obviously, Mike Tomlin. Mm-hmm. Guys, the Steelers organization about team building, you're talking about three GMs from 1971 to 2021, and now Omar Khan is the new general manager, and he's been in within the organization. It is rare that you see that in the NFL. And the point is, this is part of the success of the Steelers. It's not just about Tomlin, who we absolutely love. It's about these general managers who drafted in the philosophy of the Steelers, and this is why I think they're going to take a jump. Now, Baldy, I don't think they win this division, but I think they're way better than people expect them to be. Well, if you look at Kenny Pickett down the stretch last year, you know, he, he, he took over from Mitch Trubisky. Then he had, like, a little injury, and he got benched. Then he came back, in, you know, down the stretch. They went to Baltimore, and they won. The Raiders came that big Franco Harris night that, you know, I mean, unfortunately. Was supposed to happen, yeah. Supposed to happen. They, yeah. they take the Raiders apart, knock them out of the playoffs. Um, he comes down, game-winning drive, in bitter cold, and, you know, touchdowns, you know, uh, against Baltimore – uh, you know, Najee Harris, the final minute of the game, pick it to Harris, touchdown, win the game. 
Like they came, they finished strong. Another non-losing season for Mike Tomlin. Never had the losing season. Didn't make the playoffs, but we're not. We're there at the end. Um, I like Kenny Pickett. I liked him coming out of Pittsburgh. I thought, um, I thought it was Kenny Pickett that year and everybody else. And it's just so now he's got to go do it. He's got to you know line up for seventeen this year. And you know you draft a Steeler quarterback. I don't care if it's you know if it's Bradshaw or Ben, whatever. You draft him to go to the playoffs and win in the playoffs. That's what you. That's what that's what the Steelers do in that legacy that they've created. Uh, so they've rebuilt the offensive line. Isaac Sayamalo. They've drafted Robert Jones. They bring in Nate Herbig. I mean, they had to get better up front. They weren't very good last year. So there's a lot of competition up front. We'll see who the five are going to be. But defensively, I mean, they have restocked. They really have. I mean, you see the development of Alex Highsmith. Mm. You know, to go opposite. You know, TJ. Uh, with Cam Hayward in the middle, Larry Ogunjobi, they draft uh, Keanu Benton out of Wisconsin. Uh, they draft Nick Herbig out of Wisconsin. Like they're, like they're, and these kids, like I went out and watched them. They're they're already being trained, cross trained, trained. Like they already understand. You know they got a great saying in Pittsburgh: the standard is a standard. And when you walk into that facility, Carl, <laughs> you are immediately met. By six Lombardi trophies in this case. Yeah. You know, by the way, there's Bill Nunn who helped draft all these guys, you know, with Chuck Knoll and, and then later on with, you know, Colbert. I mean, Bill Nunn was a big part of their success. Absolutely. But, uh, it, there is, you go there and it's not one of these big fancy facilities, Carl. They share it with the, you know, Pittsburgh Panthers. And it's not one of these, you know, you know, Jerry Jones type elaborate things, but it's, it's, it's enough. And it's the Steelers, and it's the Steelers' way. And they're not looking for shiny and new and fancy. They're looking to develop players and build teams. And they do it in a family style. And it is real. You feel it, and you come away from there, and you go, this – and it feels like Chuck Noll could be walking out of that door with Mean Joe Green. You know, it, it has – it's the, the faces have changed. It's Tomlin, it's Pick. But it, you feel that connection to the past there. Yeah, and, and about none real quick. For all you football heads out there, and we know you guys are watching because you love the game. If you just want to go read about none and the impact he had, I think he's one of the most underrated people in the game of football yeah. because a lot of people didn't know the story. But this was a guy that basically went to HBCUs and went, these guys can play. Yeah. We, need to, we, need to, we need to start – looking at these guys and convincing absolutely yeah and convincing you got to think about the time period convincing the organization that this is where we need to be going and we need to be looking at all of this talent and not limiting ourselves but it opened up the door for a lot of more a lot more players to have the opportunity to come to the nfl because of what none did so i want to mention that while you mention his name because you're right he was unbelievable and and seeing talent evaluating it and then convincing Again, the organization to go that route, which built the steel curtain, guys, basically. Okay. Built the steel curtain, mean Joe Green, North Texas, mean Joe. You know, I mean, that was mean Joe Green. But, you know, with that Bill Nunn philosophy, the game is innately a game. I, I always think that it's redundant to say mental toughness. Like, it, it's toughness. There's no mental, like, it all is toughness. Like, there's got to be a toughness and a fiber. Of the men that you draft, it can't be about money or status or it's got to be about toughness. 
and then producing toughness and training and developing toughness. And I feel like Bill was at the very core of that. And if you want to be a stealer, like you got to have that. Like to see Cam Hayward out there, of course, the son of Ironhead, you know, and then his his brother, Connor Hayward, there now. Like Ironhead had that. He was one of the great characters and really players of this game. And Cam brings that to the field every day. His father's spirit, his brother brings it now. I think Connor's going to break out this year in a real role with them because he can do a variety of things. Uh, it's just, it's just cool, but it's not just uh, to fet an organization. Like they're, they're contending in this division this year. And when Pittsburgh goes to Cincinnati and they go to Cleveland, like the battle is on. But the good thing about Tomlin and his team, when they come out of the tunnel in Cincinnati, into the jungle, they got dudes that are ready to go rip yeah. their throats out. like that that stuff and the type of guys they have like that's fun it's fun to watch all right here's one thing that i think steeler fans need to we're going to be watching and we need to know how this develops and that's matt canada and Pickett. yeah all right you just talked about the defense all the dudes matt canada is the offensive coordinator guys how does he continue to develop kenny pickett and what does this offense look like as it evolves, okay? You've talked about Najee Harris. Najee's hungry to kind of reclaim what we thought he was coming into the league. So is the run game going to be better? How much do they rely on it and Matt Canada's relationship with Kenny Pickett? Well, obviously, not obvious, maybe not, but, I mean, Matt Canada has come under a lot of heat in Pittsburgh. They're not the Cincinnati Bengals on offense. They haven't been. Now, you know, Ben was – Really, at the very end, you know, they weren't very good. Um, I'm not here to, you know, I mean, Ben probably, well, anyways, I mean, they, they got a young quarterback. But I think, and I feel like Omar, Andy White in the front office, has given Matt everything he could ask for. Let's see what it looks like. I'm sure the run game with Najee and Jalen Warren is going to be the foundation. It should. But George Pickens looks like he could be a bona fide star. Like, he looks like he could just pop this year. The talent is unreal. You know, he he dropped in the draft. People remember he broke his broke his foot in, you know, playoff game in Georgia. Then he couldn't work out, so he dropped or whatever. But the talent is real. Deontay Johnson, the tight ends, what they have there, what they drafted. Like, there's really – No excuses. There's no yeah. – real. I mean, if Kenny Pickett takes any kind of a step, like, this should be a top-10 offense. Like, they've got everything you need. They've got slot receivers. They've got big wideouts. They've got athletic guys. They've got, a, a, you know, a running back who's only size-wise second to Derrick Henry. Um, they've got a rebuilt offensive line. they got a quarterback who looks like he knows what he's doing. Like, there's really no excuses for Matt Canada. And he's under the microscope because they've got to perform. I, uh, Baldy <laughs> – the, the whole excuse thing is, you're right. And and I will say this. If things go left in, in with, with the Steelers, there will be a lot of blame on Matt Canada because I think that is the natural thing that's going to happen is we've given you everything. We've upgraded the O-line, all this. I don't know if that's going to happen. We're going to see. Maybe things go just as right, you know, just perfect for them. But if it starts to go left, 
Guys, I'm telling you right now, and, my, and Baldy and I will be talking about this in, in December when we're saying, hey, the Steelers offense, what's going on? They're not scoring enough points. And we're going to be talking about Matt Canada and the hot seat will be on. But I hope that's not the case. I hope they figure it out. All right, let's talk about the Browns in the AFC North. It is in the huddle. Carl Dukes along with Brian Baldinger, Jason Lockham for part of this podcast as well. Baldy, you know, I know Deshaun Watson's people. And as he was going through all of this stuff, it was stressful. It was difficult. It was embarrassing. But he's past it. And because of it, I think the Browns are going to be a much better team this year. He has a full offseason um, that he's had now before camp starts, which he didn't have the last two seasons. And I just think we take for granted. I said to somebody, you know, take two years off of your job and come back and see how good you are. I don't care what you do. So under the circumstances, obviously he brought that upon himself. But the Browns, I think from just a personnel standpoint, Baldy, they're loaded. They got, they've got really good players on both sides of the ball. And then they made the trade with the, with the Vikings. I mean, I think they're, they are a team that should be ready to compete. Well, let's face it, Carl. Last year, they were in the news every day for all the wrong reasons. It's yeah. just hard. I, you know, I'm not here to excuse anything that happened with Deshaun or anything else. That Hopefully, we'll all move past it. But you're in the news every day for the wrong reasons. It's just hard. It's just it, 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 everything filters into that locker room. And it, it's just hard to operate. It's hard to, to focus on what it's all about. I mean, you're Kansas City and you're Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. It's pretty easy. Like, here's all right, we got Tyreek Hill. He's not here. Here's what we're doing. When it's, when it's the other way around and you're being talked about for all these horrible reasons, it's just hard. So a year removed, they got Nick Chubb. Like, he's dedicating the year to Jim Brown. Like, he's as close as the Browns have ever had to Jim Brown. He's – I look, five straight years in a row, he's averaged over five yards more carry. We just – I mean, Jamal Charles did that, but he was injured some years. He didn't – he wasn't carrying a mail like Nick. Like, we, we, you know, Barry didn't do it, and, you know, Emmett didn't do it, and Dickerson didn't do it. Like, these guys that walked into Canton, they haven't done what Nick Chubbs did and what he's doing. And it's a good offensive line. And it's – that's the foundation. But they have made some serious upgrades on the offensive line. The trade for, you know, Zadarius, like, that's what Miles needs. He needs a, a guy. Another dude. But yeah. inside, you know, to go get Dalvin Tomlinson, who's a quality defensive tackle. They've upgraded the interior. The secondary could be as good as anybody in football. This Martin Emerson, the third, like, this kid can play. Denzel Ward, like, you just go through the roster. They can, you know, and then you look at what Deshaun has, whether it's Amari or Njoku or Peoples Jones or like he's got he's he's got he's got some some artillery out there, you know that they they should be they should be and they lost some horrible games last year. They lost to the Jets on just a you know nonsense like just so look Stefanski's under the under the microscope, but Bill Callahan, the offensive line coach, run game coordinator, assistant head coach, whatever. Bill Callahan can coach. He stands up in front of the room. He's got everybody's attention. He knows how to he knows how to coach. He knows how to lead. Knows how to build. They're they're going to be. There's going to be one of those teams where you go. If they win ten games, nobody's going to be surprised. Nobody. Right. And if it's more than ten, I don't think anybody's going to shake their head and say, "Where did this come from?" I, nobody's going to say that. From a depth chart standpoint, at wide receiver, does Deshaun have enough 
to do what they want to do in the vertical passing game. Listen, Amari Cooper, he's a great route runner, right? He does the job, and then they've got Elijah Moore. Is that enough? Do you feel like that combination is enough? For well, you know, you got, you got your Z. I mean, literally, if you just go, okay, X, Y, Z, if you, you've got your your big X in Donovan Peoples-Jones, you've got your Z and your move guy in Amari, and then you've got Elijah Moore, who showed flashes with the Jets, but yeah. really the quarterback situation. Like, this kid is a dynamic player. He tore up the SEC at Ole Miss his last year. Like, Alabama couldn't cover him. Like, he's got – you know, he's got real skills. So they need that slot guy. And they've drafted David Bell. And they've got Marquise Goodwin. they got some speed there. Um, you know, the tight ends and Joku, I still think he could be a star. Like, he just, he could do it all. Like, I mean, size, speed, um, you know, catch radius, all this stuff. Like, he should be a red zone threat. Um, they got to throw it to him. They got to, he's got to stay healthy. But, like, I think they have enough, especially when you've got Chubb in the backfield. So uh, as we talk about the Browns, here's what's funny, man. And you know this. You've been there. The, the fandom has never faded. No. Right? Despite the trials and tribulations of the team and all the stuff that's happened, fans are still down, man. They're, they show up. They cheer their hearts out. You know, and it's one of those things, just from a sentimental standpoint, Baldy, you kind of, you know, you hope the Browns do something for the fans because it's just like, damn, when is it going to happen for these guys, right? And yeah. I got Browns fans. I got friends that are Browns fans, and they're like, Dukes, you know, I'm watching the game. I know, And they, they still have this, this level of something's going to go wrong, right? No matter how good the roster is, as the season goes on, something's going to happen that's going to screw the season up, but they love their Browns, man. And I just want to acknowledge that because – a lot of fan bases would have stepped off. They would have said, hey, I, I've had enough. I'm done. And these Browns fans, they just keep showing up and cheering their hearts out. You know, uh, it just made me think of this, Carl. Like one of my great memories of playing in the NFL, uh, I was with the Colts and we're playing the Browns on Monday night football in Cleveland Municipal Stadium. The old they Cleveland shared, Stadium. They shared, they shared the stadium back then with the Indians. Yeah. Uh, baseball diamond hadn't been eliminated yet. It was early in the year. <laughs> and, you know, we got Eric Dickerson in the backfield. Um, you know, he went on to win the rushing title that year. He was the Nick Chubb of the league at that time. And we got a TV timeout. One of those, you know, it seems like it goes on for 10 minutes, Monday night football. And we're in the, we're in the end zone of the dog pound. And the bones are coming out of the dog pound. Carl. <laughs> and we're getting hit in the huddle with these dog bones. Right. And I said, this is football. I mean, I'm in the huddle. I'm Dickerson's there and, you know, Ray Donaldson and, you know, the whole group is there. And I'm like, this is football, guys. Like, I'll never forget being pelted with dog bones. And I just thought, this is Cleveland. This is the dog pound. This is they, – they just want to go there and watch football and hopefully winning football, you know. And they've had a lot of lean times and all that. But the fan base I'll, – I'll, I'll share this – couple years ago during the pandemic i'm doing a game there's um i guess it was right after right maybe right after the pandemic because there was fans and they had one of those storms that came off the lake carl like one of those storms where they actually delayed the start of the game there was lightning there was like hail coming down i mean it was just awful and it was just like how long and the, 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 they got like a plastic wrap over themselves just sitting there <laughs> you know like taking it all on they didn't leave yeah like, Waiting for the kickoff. It's nuts. It is. 
Shout out to Browns fans, man. That is what football is all about. I think the team is going to be better, uh, and we will see. AFC North preview, guys. All right. Last but not least, the Baltimore Ravens. I love Harbaugh. I think he's done an amazing job there. Somebody asked me if Harbaugh is a Hall of Famer. I said, are you kidding? Of course he is. Yes, he's going. But that has nothing to do with what they're going to do this season. And so as I talk to people up there in Baldy, you're close to people in the Ravens organization. Nobody really knew if this Lamar thing was going to get done. I mean, there was real skepticism about whether they were going to get it done. And then they do. So now you got your bag and I'm happy. But what now? What does he have to do to elevate this team to take them to the next step? Now, they were in the playoffs last year. Remember, they go to Cincinnati. He wasn't on the trip. That was news. But despite that, what does he have to do? Well, he's got to win the postseason, which means you got to get to the postseason. I mean, that's what's he's got one win in the postseason. That's I mean, look, these quarterbacks, we, we're watching quarterback on Netflix. You know, you got to go to the postseason. You got to win. Like, that's how you get talked about. You can get your bag, which is great. We all want guys to get, you know, take care of your business. Um, nobody thought it was going to get done. You know, he didn't have the agent, the whole thing. It got done. All right. Uh, they've done everything. Todd Monkey comes in and change the offense, presumably. You know, Odell comes in. Like, the receivers are there. Um, Aguilar, they've drafted guys, Rashad Bateman, all this stuff. Uh, the offensive line comes back. They've drafted – um, you know, Linderbaum last year in the first round, center, let's upgrade the position. Bonnie Stanley's back healthy at left tackle. He's been an all-pro at that position. Like, they've got like, – it's just – but here's the thing, Carl. It, we don't care right now if Lamar goes out and wins the second MVP. We don't care if he leads the league in rushing. We, like, it, that, we did all that. We, we celebrated all that. It's about getting to the postseason, and sometimes, like – Mahomes, and we come back to Mahomes because he's the guy. But sometimes with a bad foot, with a bad, you know, you got to still put the team on your back. You mm. got to find a way. That's the yeah. NFL. It just is. And Troy Aikman, you know, is in the Hall of Fame because when he got to the postseason, he raised his game to a different level. He didn't have the years or the stats that a lot of other guys have. But he had three in the bank, and he elevated his game in the postseason. I, I, I remember his first Super Bowl run, Philadelphia. We came there. He couldn't, like, third and 13, there's Novacek, 14 yards, first down. Like, the accuracy, the leadership, like, he just took his game to a different level. That's what Lamar's got to do. That It's just, like, it's not about, there's no hate. There's none of this. This is what quarterbacks have to do, Carl. That's how you get talked about, memorialized, put in the pedestals, to the point where people get tired of talking about you. We, we, there's going to be a, a Lamar highlight reel probably every week because that's kind of the, the dynamic player that he is. But we got to see, we got to see bigger and better throws when the game's on the line. The fourth quarter comebacks. You got to get to January and you got to win in January. And you got to go on the road and win in January. You got to do these things. And that's Kurt Warner, you know, my colleague, Denfield. Uh, network, you know, Kurt says, like, do you have big game genes? <laughs> you know, like, there's a lot of guys that have stats, Carl. Yeah. You know, do you have the big game genes? Do you have that ability? I want the ball in my hand. Like, we're going to finish this out. We're going to go take this ball. We're taking this down the field. We're going to go win this game. Like, you've got to have that. Now, I'm not saying Lamar doesn't have it. 
but he's got to do it. Yeah, my, my phrase, Baldy, for that is uh, Dukesism, when it matters most. Yeah. Third down and five, what are you doing? Fourth and one, what are you doing? Yep. Ten seconds on the clock, what are you doing? Like that, and it doesn't matter what sport. That no, is what matter. I was just going to say, Carl. It, it, that's it, what it, differentiates these guys. Sports. No, across it doesn't. All sports. Across all sports. NBA, yep. like LeBron's done it, Kobe's done it. Like, you know, the guys, you know, this year we saw, you know, uh, you know, we saw Denver and we saw their guys. They, they went and did it, you know, and that's what you got to do. I mean, great Bill Russell, you know, I mean, he, he did it and he did it time and time again. And so that's just the measuring stick. It just it's never going to change. And guys can put up numbers and win awards and all that kind of stuff. The great ones. At a certain point, they don't care. They just know the one thing that does matter. Yeah. And that's what drives them. Yeah. Let's talk about the run game because the, he needs it. Dobbins, Edwards. I mean, who, who? what's this run game going to look like? We think it'll be different, right, under Munkin, but Munkin's a veteran. He knows how important the run game is and how that team needs to be balanced. W- what's the run game look like for the Ravens? Well, I don't think it can involve Lamar as much as it has. It's one thing Lamar drops back. The picture's cloudy, the pocket's, you know, dirty, and you run. Okay. But, like, there's so many in the last five years designed runs, option runs. You know, the ball's in Lamar's hands. Well, you know, he hadn't really finished the season healthy two years in a row. And I would tell this to Jalen Hurts. I would tell, you know, I told it to Carson Wentz. Like, you can't just make a living at that position taking these guys on. You know, I, I see some Lamar's neck sometimes. He looks like a middle linebacker, you know, and I feel he feels like that's who he is. I'm just going to take these guys on. Well, if you're not finishing the season. You're not doing your team any good and you're not doing yourself any favors. So I think he's got to run less where it's not so much an option run game. I feel like, you know, what's wrong with lining up an I formation and handing the ball off to JK? Nothing. You know, doing it a traditional way. Like, I understand the difficulty of defending the read option and some of the counters and things that, that Lamar has been running. And I'm not saying you just pull it all out. But sometimes you just got to hand the ball off to Gus. You know, let Gus go do the work. You know, and you get a chance to just keep your uniform clean and get ready for the next play. And so I, I feel like there's got to be less Lamar, just like I, I say this to Jalen Hurts. You can't run the ball 180 times, 200 times in this league and play quarterback. You're just not – nobody's going to survive. Mike Vick didn't. I played with Randall Cunningham. Randall didn't. Like you, You're just not – Steve Young changed his way. He was a great runner early in his career. Like, you got to find – and I feel like that's part of what we're going to see. We're going to see less Lamar because all this stuff in the backfield, you know, ride, glide, decide, right, the option game. Yeah. You know, like, that's – it's hard on the defense. I get that. But it's also hard on your quarterback. And so – to me, that's got to be the, the, the departure from what we've seen in the Raven Run game. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. 
That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Uh, we talk about the 49ers having the best linebacking core in the league. What do you think of, of Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen? What do you think about these guys on this particular defense with the Ravens? Well, I mean, Roquan is as good as there is, okay? I mean, diagnosing plays, you know, but the thing that they have in combination is they have elite speed. I mean, they both run about as well as any tandem, if not the best speed. Now, I thought Patrick Queen um, got a lot better and became a much better player when Roquan got traded for. And I thought together they were a really good tandem. And it was the best I saw Patrick play. Uh, and I'm not here to knock Patrick, but, you know, they got a big decision to make, you know, at that position. They just yeah. paid Roquan the highest amount of any off-the-ball inside linebacker. And Patrick Queen's going to be up. Like, it's going to be hard to pay a tandem of linebackers that. So, but, so Patrick Queen could be easily playing, if not Baltimore, for a second contract someplace else where he's the guy. Like, that can happen. But, you know, they, you know, Mike McDonald, you know, the young defense coordinator first year last year, he blitzes them, he moves them, he disguises with them. Like, they do a lot defensively. Um, the thing that's going to be interesting in this defense is – the development and the production of two young pass rushers in Ajabo, who they drafted out of Michigan last year, and Owe, who they drafted out of Penn State two years ago. And we got to see, like, they drafted him high, all right? And you can, you know, I mean, Ajabo came off of a major knee injury, and so he got knocked down. Owe didn't start many games at Penn State. But you see the size and the talent, the speed, but you got to go do it now. And so, you know, they've had guys, you know, that have uh, come through there over the last couple of years, you know, uh, that were veterans from other places that came and did the depth. But they've got to step up and play. They got to, you know, see if these draft picks can become the anchors and the pillars on the edge of this defense. Yeah, uh, and I'll finish with this. I think they're going to to be better. Um, Owe and, and Ajabo, uh, I think they're gonna take a, a, a next step to really help this defense. I'm with you. That, to me, is absolutely key. And if they can do that, then they're getting off the field, right? That's going to be the key. Third down, getting off the field. Baldy, last but not least, who wins this division? AFC North preview in the huddle right now with what we know. And, again, this is all before camp starts, guys. Who wins this division? I think Cincinnati is still the team to beat. And, you know, people in Pittsburgh are going to, like, you know, come after me. That's fine. And Baltimore, (laughs) you know, they all feel like they've got the team, which is good. And the division should be. Listen, this is going to be a dogfight, though. We're not. Yeah, no no doubt. Uh, I don't have the schedule in front of me, but I know there's a lot of division games at the end of the season amongst these teams. There always is. I remember two years ago, um, Pittsburgh coming to Baltimore for a playoff spot. You know, TJ's going for the sack record. And, you know, there was a lot on the line. And, you know, they they got to the postseason, both teams. But um, I can see the same thing happening this year. But I feel like Cincinnati is just. A step above, they've got. I think the quarterback play is proven. I don't think anybody's. I don't think anybody's better than Joe, at that position in this league. And Mahomes has more uh, hardware, and yeah. he's won it. But the way that Joe plays the game is the way that you would want everybody to play the game. I mean, his ability to read defenses, go through progressions, accuracy, toughness. I was just with some a couple of kids from the Tennessee Titans the other day. And I was like, man, that was like, that was some game in Cincinnati or that, you know, they, they went to Cincinnati a couple of years ago and, and uh, 
you know, Joe Burrow got hit 14 times and sacked nine times and Cincinnati won a game. Um, you, you, you can do everything you want to Joe Burrow. He just keeps getting up and just keeps coming after you. I feel like he's still the difference in this division. And you can't deny how valuable the quarterback position is, the toughness, you know, the ability to make plays at the end of the game, all that stuff. And so I feel like it's still Cincinnati's division right now. But look, let's let's go play let's go play 17 games, Carl. And you know, we we might be crowning a new champion. The beauty of the NFL is you got to play the games. And we're going to find out. Baldy, great job, man. We will continue to break down divisions, guys, next week. And then, obviously, the following week, heading into where most teams, veterans, will be reporting the week of the 27th, 28th. And then we're into camp. <clears throat> obviously, the Jets reporting a little bit early because they're playing in the, the Hall of Fame game. Uh, by the way, quarterbacks, real quick. You're watching it. I'm all over this damn documentary, by the way. My voice is all – I'm like – where is my check, Netflix? You know what I'm saying? Somebody called Peyton Manning. What do you think about the documentary? I love it because, I, you know, obviously you go behind the scenes, you know, what, what they're like with their family. And Kirk Cousins got his, you know, Hall of Fame room. Um, but I think you, you kind of see, like, what the week is like for a player. And it's not all roses. And you, you, you lose a, a tough game the way all those guys did early in the season. You know, Patrick Mahomes losing to Buffalo and what that was like. Yep. And, you know, throwing an interception at the end of the game and just, uh, you know, it's the old agony of the ex, you know, the agony of defeat, you know. And so we, we saw them go through that. And then you see the opposite, you know, where Atlanta loses heartbreakers. You know, there's, uh, you know, Mariota fumbling the snap and finding ways to lose games the first two weeks and staying on the West Coast and finding a way to beat Seattle. At the end, and you just feel, you just breathe, you know, for a week because you won a game. What it's like when you lose a game and just how, you know, Mahomes said, the losses are so much, take so much more out of you than the victories. And I think the fans can kind of relate to it when they watch that show right now. Yeah, I think two things, and then we're out of here, guys. We're back Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday, Thursday, new episodes. Follow us, subscribe in the huddle. Watch us on YouTube as well in the huddle pod. Mahomes is a dog. You didn't think he talked as much shit, shit as he does, yeah. <laughs> right? Number yeah. one, because people are like, oh, Patrick Mahomes, he's such a nice guy. Get him out on the field. He's just he's just talking. And then two, you really like Kirk Cousins as a guy. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. He's a really good dude. It's yeah. like you get a sense of that. So it has been, it's been really good. Peyton Manning and company, they did a really good job with this Netflix series. If you've not yeah. checked it out, it's called Quarterback. Baldy, man, have a great weekend. We'll talk yeah. next week, and we'll continue to break down these divisions. Guys, have a great weekend. We'll see you next time. Twenty four hundred Sports is an Odyssey company. 